0: Thank you for joining IAB There.
1: Hi, I'm Cheryl Goldstein, EVP, Member Engagement and Development here at the IAB. Welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. For today's discussion, I think I'll start by just setting a scene, something that you're probably all very familiar with. So picture this, you've spent weeks preparing for a big meeting, You got all the key decision makers, your leadership team, everyone's teed up for this really important pitch, you log into your virtual meeting because that's how we have to do it these days, slowly folks are logging on and you're seeing the rooms filling up and you're getting ready to get started and you look around, half of the people don't have their camera on, someone isn't muted so you're hearing all these you know background noises, and someone else is looking at their phone and someone else has their camera at a weird angle, and it's time for you to start. Does this sound like a familiar scene? Well, today's topic uh, and guests are experts in helping you manage and take control of these kind of virtual meetings. So I'm going to welcome to the screen, the folks from Verse Training, Robin Khan, Terry Bond, and Dan Moriarty. Why don't you join me guys so we can talk about this. Welcome.
2: Hi. Thank just you very much, Sharon. Robin really Dan appreciate and Terry.
1: It. I'm so Likewise. happy to have you here. So that it's scene I you, just Cheryl. described is painfully familiar to many of us. And, you, <laughs> and the, the work that you're doing is helping people manage, learn, figure techniques to pull people in, have engaging and productive conversations. So I know our audience is going to be really grateful and appreciative for the tips and the suggestions that we're going to cover here. But to kick us off, I'd love for them to get to know you a little bit first. Why don't we do it around the screen, a little bit about your background and what got you into communications training.
3: Um, Terry, why don't we start with you? Thank you, Cheryl. It's been a long journey. I started in communications at 15 years old in a small town in Virginia as a radio DJ. And I... I wanted to just sing and be a band member, maybe Led Zeppelin or something, and I had no talent for it. And I decided the only thing I could play was radio. And that served me well after a few decades there. Eventually, we had 68 radio stations across America, and I just fell in love with communicating with the audience. Today, what, what we've done is we've just kind of Branched from communicating on a large scale to individually helping others connect with the people they're talking with, communicate concisely, and then collaborating. Love that. Uh, Dan, how about you? Cheryl, like the majority of people
0: who come to Hollywood or to New York City to become actors, we don't become actors. But we find something about the business that we have a passion about. And I luckily, fortunately, ended up having a 20-year career in TV and radio as a host. And I realized I loved communicating. I loved interviewing. I loved hearing people's stories. And what advanced from that is now into the world that we are in now with Burst Trainings, communicating helping people communicate, helping them tell their stories. And Cheryl, that's the love that I have for the job that we do. It's hearing stories and helping you tell your story. And that's the passion of communication that, luckily for me, the acting didn't work. And luckily for me, <laughs> this did work. And this so is where I, I, I finally found my place, Cheryl. We all have, it takes
2: time, takes
1: time. And talk sure about does. storytelling. <laughs> Robin, that's your thing.
2: Let's... It is my thing. And I, from the time I was really little, wanted to be a writer. I loved writing. And I ended up in my 20s, early 20s, writing soap operas. That wasn't what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to write comedies. So I wrote Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, Guiding Light. I was nominated for Emmys, but I kept writing screenplays and plays on the side. and then something was calling to me to be a communicator and speak more than just write. And I love writing. I still write. I, I I think writing and speaking go hand in hand. But once I started speaking, I saw how hard it was for so many people. And it just compelled me to want to get out there in the world and help other people feel more confident as storytellers and, and just being able to communicate. So Luckily, I ran into these two guys, and <laughs> we have a wonderful time helping other people with first so trainings.
1: That's, that's a great lead in to talk a little bit about the kind of work that you're doing at first. So first of all, you were in-person training, and like the rest of us, you had a pivot to this virtual world. How did that work? And then you had to really rejigger your whole program because the type of communication has changed dramatically. So talk a little bit about the shift from in-person to online for your own business and then how are you helping people?
3: Cheryl, that's a great question. Last year alone, Dan, Robin, and myself, we literally flew around the world 10 times to 35 different countries, helping people learn to communicate. All of a sudden, the world changed with COVID and, what, what, what we're going to go to, I think, is a blend of what was, which was in-person training, to what will be, which will be far more virtual, blended in with live training. But it's been a, a wild ride. It's gone from all-day events to 30-minute microburst trainings. It's, it's definitely different.
1: And the needs are different, right? Absolutely. It's very different to try and get people to pay attention in a
3: room where you
1: can kind of walk behind someone or look at them, make eye contact. How do you do that in a virtual world? What are some of the tips and tricks that you teach people?
0: You know, Cheryl, the thing is, it's, it's, it's different because the energy is different. You're there. I'm here. We don't have that human connection that you feel when you're in person. All of a sudden now it's incumbent on you or us, the teachers and you, the one who's facilitating meetings, presentations, etc., to find a way to make sure that you in that world out there, the virtual world, are engaged with us in some way. And there's all different tips and tricks we do. There's a reason that it's tiring because it is tiring. There's more to do here to keep you engaged with us and with yourself so that when you walk away from this, you recall what happened. You've, Figure out what you can do then for your clients, for your vendors. And that's the trick, Cheryl, to to embrace this, to find the good parts of this and understand that you can can definitely go forward with techniques that are going to help you stand out and be memorable as opposed to losing everybody and all of a sudden having them fall asleep on you. And as Terry just said and Robin talks about, burst trainings, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes max, and that's what you got.
2: And that's what's amazing too, is how effective this is. You know, I, for years we coach one-on-one, lots of C-suite managers, everybody. And I would never want to do it on Zoom. I was always like, I'm gonna go meet with them in person. But now I'm doing them on Zoom and I'm shocked at how effective it is that we're really able to connect in a very meaningful way on Zoom. And I think all our trainings are bringing so much to it. Besides all the techniques, we're bringing teams together. We're getting people to laugh again. We're, you know, there's so much that you can do on Zoom that's surprisingly effective.
1: Like I use polls a lot. I find that some of the tools built right into these platforms really help drive conversation and engagement. I often do a poll and then I'll get, you know, people's response to that and then, doing around the screen. What do you think? Did you agree with this poll or not? So I find that very useful. Breakout rooms are also can be a useful tool. Uh, What are some of the other things that you're finding you can do in this environment that maybe we couldn't even do in the real world?
2: Go ahead. I was going to say the chat is really helpful because as Dan always says, there are people in, in meetings who may be a little bit more introverted and not so comfortable speaking up right away, but they're really comfortable writing something in chat. And then that brings them into the meeting. And then towards the end of the meeting, since they've been heard, then they're more likely to use their voice. So I I love the chat.
0: There are advantages to being in this virtual world. Right now, I'm sitting with three of you, one in Florida, one in New York, two in New York and I'm out here in LA and we're getting a lot accomplished in 30 minutes that could never have happened before. And the better we get at doing this, Cheryl, the more we embrace this, the better we're going to want to be together post COVID at the same time, use this for other entities that are going to help our businesses grow exponentially because we don't always have to be together. And yet we will use our time together more affectionately or appropriately, and then when we have this, we will get more things done at the same time. This, this new world that's been thrown at us, unfortunately, we're going to use the best parts of it and grab onto it and go forward, because this is here to stay.
1: Yeah, and I think we're gonna be like this for a while. Like,
0: I, yeah. I'm already hearing from a lot of
1: our members, they're not expecting anyone to go back you know, until next summer. And in some cases, they're already saying not until perhaps at earliest, the end of 2021, by the time they feel comfortable having people re-enter the workforce and even longer in terms of allowing visitors to come to their office. So imagine like we deal with the media space, of course, you've got the whole buyer-seller relationship where the agencies are saying, we're maybe next summer, we'll have our teams Partially, if not, you know, some people, those that really need to be in an office will be allowed, but we're certainly not going to allow vendors to come in and do pitches and presentations like that's Mm -hmm. just taking it too far. So it might even be another over a year before we're having these face to face like the scene I described at the beginning where that is now an in-person pitch like that may be a long time before that happens.
2: And the truth is there's so much that we don't know, that we're really just, and, and we're all living with that, I don't know, you know, I don't know about the future, I don't know about the economy, I don't know about all these things, but I think having these connections at least on Zoom and at least seeing each other helps us deal with those feelings of, of uncertainty.
0: Yeah, and Cheryl, what makes the world go around a business? It's sales. And think about the lack of sales that you just discussed, Cheryl, being in front of somebody doing a pitch. At the IAB, the, Inter- the Interactive Advertising Bureau, what the sales are for, the- for your people around the world, this stuff is so critical
1: yeah, to keeping really their is. jobs,
0: keeping their doors open, keeping their virtual world turned on. And how you do it, how you connect virtually in the sales with your vendors or with your prospective clients is so key because you've got to break down that wall, which is here because it's being forced upon us and find a way to get through that wall and make sure that what you give them is something that they will not forget.
1: Yeah. And what, what we're seeing, and I you know I talk to our sales leaders practically every week, we have a group that gets together and I really hear a lot about the issues and the things they're dealing with and how they're managing their team. And then we do the same thing with agency leaders and also with brand leaders. So we really get to hear all sides. One of the biggest challenges are for the big guys, it's not as much of an issue because clients will take your meeting, they'll make time for you if you're Google, Facebook, the sales reps, it's it's not as much of a challenge because they can get the meeting. The challenge is, the smaller properties, the less less well-known entities, how do they get in front of buyers? In the old days, you could, and old, I mean last year, you could have a meeting with one team, you know, at Mindshare, and while you're there, walk around the floors and pop by and drop off a little thing of Melissa's baked goods and say hi and check in on how the proposal's coming along, and you could throw a little cocktail thing, get to meet people. Uh, Not happening now. And on the agency side, they're very worried about, especially the younger folks, who's really a big part of the the lure of the job was the whining and dining and tickets to things, and that's gone away. So really key, how to break through, build those relationships, connect to people through this medium. In many cases, uh, jobs are absolutely dependent on it. So, I, I know you've done a lot of training for folks in those kind of roles. What are some of the things that you're, you know, give a sneak peek of some of the burst training techniques uh, for this audience, if you wouldn't mind?
0: Before Terry or Robin take that, I have to say, I do miss the cookies. I do miss the cocktails. <laughs> the baked by the food. Melissa. The, ba- the yeah. baked, I miss that stuff, Cheryl. All the food. it.
1: <laughs> I know. I used to love being the one to bring it, you know, like, that's what I got for you.
3: You were the most popular person in the room. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: No one whined and dined the way I did. I can take that honor, (laughs) believe me.
3: I remember. You were the best. Well, I think what we really try to to remind everybody is that virtually you have to approach the meeting totally different than in-person. Just like you said, there is no whining and dining or cookies anymore. So the more you set yourself apart and remember that different is memorable. And when you schedule these virtual meetings, you've got to approach them with far more energy because you're, you're having to draw people in. So your energy needs to go up. And just simple things like filling the screen with your face exudes more executive presence. If, if you're approaching a, a, a client and all of a sudden you look like a little dot in the back of the room, all of a sudden you're, you're not quite as executive. What you're saying doesn't cut through the clutter and all the distractions that we're living in. So I think one of the things that I would suggest is just remember approach with energy and fill the screen. I don't want to count the pores in your nose, but I don't want you to be the little dot in the back of the room. You, you've you got to work harder to keep people engaged when they could be looking down and playing candy crush on their phone while you're speaking. And if you're not connected, it doesn't matter what you're saying. So we, we just always have to connect first before we communicate.
2: And, and I also wanna say when you're preparing to present, you have to really think about what story are you telling your clients? Data is great and it gives you credibility, but stories give you trust. And sto- we are hardwired to love stories. So if you can take your data and craft it into a story, so that people care. If they don't care about what you're saying, they're never going to remember it. So never go into a meeting without giving the thought to, what's the story? What's the thing that's gonna to connect to people emotionally? That's so critical.
0: And therefore- and Robin, Oh, go, go ahead. Cheryl, they, they, well, one thing to, to, to button hook on that, who's the story for? It's always for your client. It's always for your team. It's always for your boss. It's for your vendor. It's for them. You can talk to yourself all you want. Doesn't mean you're gonna get the sale until you give it to them and talk to them for them. And that's the important part about this connection that Terry and Robin just talked about. How do you do it virtually with all these different techniques? So Robin, I know you have
1: great examples of how you take a data point and make it emotional, make it mean something you have something at the top of your head to share, just to give an example?
2: I'll give a quick example. I was working with a woman who is the CEO of a medical advertising agency, and the data said that human beings either overestimate how healthy they are or underestimate how healthy they are. Nobody really gets exactly how fit they are, so when she gave her talk, she started talking with a a photo of her mother, like a giant photo of her mother, who's 86 years old, walks every day, five miles a day, goes to the golf course, plays golf, does all these things. But when you ask her how healthy she is, she says, well, I'm 86, I'm not that healthy. But in fact, she is. And then she talks about her cousin, who's in her 50s, who never gets off the couch. And she says, well, I'm healthy, I'm fine. So she tells the story of these two people and how, and then she asks the audience, how healthy do you think you are? Zero to 10. You know, yeah, I run marathons. I'm incredibly fit or Mm -hmm. zero. I never move. So just by taking the idea of here's my data and how does it affect you? How do you see yourself? And what about other people in your life? It makes it more memorable.
1: Right, and the danger of not having a reality check about it. Like, what's the right. consequence? Like, right. you think this, yeah. but if you don't really know, there could be things that you're not paying attention to that eventually are going to catch yeah. up.
0: Right. And, that, and that comes into the training all the time as far as what are you not paying attention to? And again, it goes back to your client you're talking to. How are you not connecting with them, as Terry just said? These are the things that are so important. And, and, and by the way, the woman in, in Robin's story, who's 85, who's in great shape, is not as in good a shape as Terry's grandma, ma'am. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, don't I don't know. Go there. I'm you going to put go.
1: my mother in the ring, too. 86, <laughs> and I'll tell you, she's the only one that walks without a walker in her whole facility. Wow. So I know. And she's my, very proud of that. She's very proud of that. And, and, my, and,
0: mother, and my mother-in-law is 90, and she still walks in the hills of Malibu over here. And she's all right. A new she feet. wins. <laughs> Amazing. She wins.
3: And, Amazing. And, and one thing, talking about data, because I think this little snippet can can help some folks, there's two simple words that when you're, when you're putting out data, because in our mind, it's hard to create a mental movie of what a number looks like. If you'll add two words, that's like, then it allows the person to take the number you're speaking about, create a mental image of it, which instantly goes deeper into the the memory centers of the brain. For instance, one of the things that we talked about it at frankly the UN was the number of slaves in the world. And there's 33 million slaves in the world. That's like the entire population of Canada or the entire population of Australia. So those two little words bring a number to life, which makes the audience remember it, and in sales or HR or anywhere you're dealing with data, that's like, can help you be remembered. Because Cheryl, data, well,
0: data doesn't have emotion. There's no emotion in data. The story has the emotion, and that's why it's so important when you're communicating, it's an art form. It's not a science form. It's an art form. And that's what we're teaching people how to do because data can't have its own emotion on its own, but you, the one telling the story, you put the emotion into the data and that's, what's so important. And you've got to really embrace that. And it's the emotional piece
1: that's going to bring your audience in and have them pay attention and
2: care. all of that. Have them care. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Have them care. Like why should they care?
2: Right.
1: Pretty much that's 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 it. it and i know other tips using your voice i've noticed a lot of hand gestures Mm -hmm. can you touch on some of those uh tips as well this is juicy stuff please share you
0: want, cheryl
1: (laughs) (laughs) and by the way i've noticed i'm moving in a little bit filling my head into the screen a little more that was a good tip i've got like a wide angle like camera here so it's hard
0: cheryl Uh, i'm taking notes right now (laughs)
2: What's important on Zoom is that it may feel awkward that you're using more hand gestures and they're using your voice more, but it's so important because we've all been on meetings with people who speak in a monotone and there's no body language at all. And you're just, you're having a hard time staying awake because you're not engaged. But when someone has that energy and uses their voice more powerfully in the body language, it just lifts the meaning up, the whole, it's, it's contagious. We all know about mirror neurons. We feel, you know, what other people are feeling and so important on Zoom.
0: Yeah, we, we talk about the, the three E's at burst. You need your eye contact, you need energy, you need engagement. We've been discussing them for the past so many minutes here, Cheryl, you need to have them. And that's why it can be harder, it can be tiring, and it can be rewarding because then more people get involved with the whole conversation, the whole meeting, the whole pitch. It's a really great team. Uh, it's, a, it's a great team uh, grouping, a great team endeavor, a great team experience.
3: And when we're, we're having six or seven hours sometimes a day of virtual meetings, and it seems like all of them are fairly similar. So if you can take some of these Tips like harmonizing your hand gestures with your words or approaching it with more energy. If you can be different from all those other meetings, then you're going to be remembered. Different is memorable. And whether it's your voice, whether it's telling a great story like Robin and Dan have been talking about, or whether it's using gestures, it sets you apart and it allows people to, to really remember what you're saying.
2: I saw on LinkedIn, I saw on LinkedIn that there was a a big meeting in, uh, I forget what it was LinkedIn, but it was, I think it was in the Pacific and they were having this enormous meeting. And before they started the meeting, they gave everybody dance steps to do on zoom. So they were dancing to a song and they were all doing these steps and it, it stayed with me. What a brilliant way to bring people together and have fun and then have your meeting. So different is memorable.
1: And it gets them to turn their camera on. I mean, yes. I hear a lot from our members. One of the challenges is I log on and I'm like, how do I get people to just turn their cameras on and pay attention? So that's, that's a, a good tip to do. Like just have them do something that forces them to turn their camera on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, one of the we, things we, that we, we're- We send them oh, cookies and
0: muffins. We send them cookies and muffins if they turn their camera on. Really? <laughs> That's a good Back idea. To you, That's a good
1: idea. Right. You know, I did bonus I did muffins. get I did get I'm part part of the makers board and they had a documentary that was on TV last night on PBS. Um the founder of makers created this documentary about women in in history and it was fantastic. But she sent all the board members this fabulous TV viewing box. It had, like, I had a blanket back there before, so it had a blanket, it had wine glasses, it had all this, like, in this big box, you know, reminding us to tune in, to watch this. It was really very clever. So I think that's the other thing, you know, getting clever about sending something to people ahead of time that makes them want to come to your meeting in the first place.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, one of the things that that I know a lot of our members are struggling with is, you know, where everyone's worried about uh, diversity and inclusion, and that's a hot topic right now. Well, diversity is more challenging because a lot of companies are not hiring right now, and they're they're kind of like, okay, I wish we could make our, you know, environment more diverse. We're going to work on that, but right now we got to focus on inclusion and making our current employees and the staff that we have feeling connected and a part of it. And you've got, in some cases, you know, young, very introverted kids who are not benefiting from mentoring and people in the office and someone to turn to and ask questions, or they're working in a small apartment with two other We have some some employees who are literally sitting on the edge of their bed every day, you know, on their laptop. And so what are some of the things that management could be doing via Zoom to help their employees feel more included. Do you have any advice or tips there? Because I
3: know that's a big issue. Well, I think we always need to start from a, a place of compassion, especially in the world we live in today, and empathy, putting ourselves in the other person's shoes who, who may not feel included. One of the best ways we can do that is improving our listening skills. Whether, whether it's with a client, whether it's with our team, whether you're the CEO of a company, the better you are able to listen and allow the other person to feel heard. Doesn't mean that you agree with them, but if, if you can show them empathy, actively listen to their point, then you're in a much better position for the opposing ideas to collaborate on a solution for moving forward. So, so I, in my opinion, I, I would say that learning to become a better listener is is very important in, in the inclusion piece and, and frankly, the diversity piece too. Yeah, you know, Cheryl, I, I
0: talked about earlier being a, a young actor out here in Hollywood and something that I learned in my improvisation classes is always the same thing and it's the same thing now in communication and businesses and going with Terry just said about listening. When you're talking to somebody always make sure they're the most important person in the conversation, always. Because if you don't hear them, if you go in with your own preconceived notion to whatever you want to hear, you're not going to hear who they are. And it gets even more difficult in the virtual world because we're not together feeling that energy. So always go into those conversations, making sure that you're curious, making sure that you want to hear them, making sure that they are more important yeah. and, but you and, have to be authentic about it yeah. if it's better be
3: amen
1: then and people can be. see right through that yes it's they also, can. Go ahead.
2: i think it's so important right now for managers to <laughs> really care about where people are some people are completely isolated how are they doing some people are overwhelmed with their kids and their schoolwork and all the things they're dealing with so really understanding where your team you know, where your team is and what they're feeling, what they're going through. And the other thing is if you send out an email at midnight and you expect that you're going to get a response, people have to have boundaries now. There's just this this lack of boundaries. And I love the schedule send email. I may write it at night, but I'm not sending it until the next day. And I think we really have to be aware of what people are struggling with and dealing with right now. And that's yeah. the manager's job.
1: Yeah. yeah. Two things that we've done, we've blocked out from 12 to 1.30 every day. No meetings scheduled. You know, no, <laughs> right. no internal meetings. So what happens is yeah. I end up getting scheduled for external <laughs> meetings because it's the only time I have available. But still, we give that to employees. We're not going to schedule anything. Take that time for yourself. Go have lunch. Go for a walk. The second thing we're doing is we're now gonna have monthly random, just pick a group of seven, eight Mm. to 10 employees and have them meet with the member of the management team and rotate every month. So the management team is meeting with different groups, smaller groups, and they're really designed to be, tell us what's working for you, what could we be doing better just to get feedback? How can we help? And then have some fun, like what are you streaming? And what are you you doing with your time? So we've just started uh, putting that into place, but for this reason, like to have a more inclusive environment.
2: I love that.
0: And well, Cheryl, on this topic, it's this because the virtual world is there twenty four seven. You can reach anybody anytime you want. Right. Keep in mind what 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 we're discussing here. What Robin just said, the midnight the midnight email has got to go away because when someone's done here, he or she has a husband, a wife, a loved one, a child, a puppy, a cat life is outside this room yeah. it's not i'm not in an office an hour or half hour away my life is right there and i've got to yeah. go take care of my life right there as well which is just as important so that work-life balance you discussed is even greater importance in the virtual and world harder world. Yeah.
1: yeah it harder. is much harder yeah. Yeah. and especially for women and we could get into a whole conversation about <sighs> yeah. that yeah yeah um Anyway, we've got to almost wrap up. I want to do a quick what I call wows, words of wisdom. You're, <laughs> you're a wealth of wows, all three of you. So something that people should stop and start doing. Why don't we talk about salespeople and the pitch? Something, okay. one thing they should stop doing and something they should start doing because I know they're going to they're gonna be listening very attentively to this. Robin, why don't you go also, ahead first?
2: Okay, I'll go. Number one, what's your story? What is it that you have to share with your clients that they're gonna care about, that's gonna impact them? Where's the emotion? Do more of that. Do less of talking and more listening. So if you see yourself going on and on for more than a couple of minutes, stop it and ask a question, get other people involved.
3: Love it, Terry. Change the questions you're asking. Ask questions that allow them, even if it's a little painful for you, to pontificate, to go on a little bit, to release more emotion. It's, it's kind of like peeling an onion, to use an analogy. And sometimes with sales, we, we have an idea, and we're sold on it, but if we ask the right kind of questions, it allows the, the client to, to peel the idea down to its core message and how it relates to them. You just have to listen more, especially in the virtual world. And, and it's a conversation more than a, than a hard sell pitch, typically. Love it. Dan? What we should stop doing, especially
0: on our sales calls, our sales virtual meetings, virtual pitches, is stop calling on someone for an answer that you want them to give to you. Ask for volunteers, let them, as, 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 as earlier Robin said, let them use the chat. They may be shy, they may not wanna be involved, they may not wanna get called on. But what we should start doing more of is what I've been discussing this whole time, eye contact. What do I mean by that? Look into that little green light. I know it's uncomfortable, we get that. It's a new world, but in your mind's eye, take you from here up to here. Because when you look in their eyes, they trust you more. People don't feel so isolated, and they want to be part of the conversation with you. So that eye contact, even though it's uncomfortable, it'll do wonders for your sales. This has been fantastic.
1: Thank you guys so much. And this is why you are such an important partner to the IAB. For those of you out there who want more of this kind of training and great tips, we have lots of courses in partnership with Burst. You could go to learning at IAB.com and we'll hook you up and get you into the right kind of programs uh, to help up level your team and help them feel connected uh, via Zoom and in person too one day, we hope. Anyway, <laughs> yes, thank we you. Can't thank wait. you. Thank you guys so much. This was so great to see you and thank you for the great tips. Thank you, we'll Cheryl. See you thank you, Cheryl.
2: Thanks so much.
1: We'll see you soon. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ants, Twafika Mohunenden. I'm Cheryl Goldstein. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon.